Hello and welcome back to the Sports Brief Podcast for episode 67. This one is going to be a fun one. Uh, we are previewing the 2020 NFL playoffs, AFC, excuse me, 2021 NFL playoffs, AFC and NFC. A lot to do, a lot to talk about. But first things first, Tristan, co-host, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's good to be back. Episode 67, seems like we've come a long way. Um, I've missed quite a few here and there, but it's been fun. Only only two more until we get to the big episode, so I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, definitely uh, going to be a good time here. It always is a good time here at the Sports Brief Podcast. Uh, before we get to uh, talking about the playoffs and talking about all, you know, some big keys, uh, some teams that could shock some people, let's uh, make sure those of you that watch us on YouTube or just watch us in general uh, by video, make sure you guys subscribe down below, leave a like and a comment. It helps people find the show. We deeply appreciate it. Uh, and with that, we're going to get into it. I'm sorry if I shouted at my microphone. Um, it is just how it happens. A um, lot to cover. In terms of the NFL playoffs, a lot of teams that um, almost feel like some teams shouldn't be there, but that's uh, maybe discussion for another time. Um, and the AFC, we'll start with the AFC first because we are, uh, and we're gonna go, we're gonna go game by game here, and you know, and and maybe we'll we'll answer the question of who could, which game could be the biggest nail biter this uh, for the first round here or the wild card round that is, um, and which team could shock the nation. Um, you know, and, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna start here with clearly in the AFC, the Chiefs have the bye week. So the, as far as the list of games, obviously we're going to start with the AFC here. Uh, a lot of great games going on. Uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts taking each other up, uh, taking on each other Saturday, January 9th at 1.05 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on CBS. Um, between the Colts and Bills, um, I feel like this game is going to be a classic, uh, you know, Almost, almost a shootout, but the Colts have a good defense, as do the Bills. So I think it's going to be it's going to be a modest shootout, if anything. Tristan, what are you really looking forward to in this game, uh, and, and what do you what are you expecting? That's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to watch Buffalo's offense going against Indy's defense. Um, it's going to be tough. It's up in Buffalo. Uh, it's going to be cold outside. I, I don't really see personally any any way Indy comes out of this on top, especially the way Buffalo has been playing. Um, I put all my money on the Bills right now. Um, that's it's going to be a tough game. Philip Rivers needs to show up and play really well in the cold if they want to stand a chance. I have faith in the uh, the Colts defense will show up. They'll play good, um, but I, I really don't see them holding the uh, the Bills offense to probably under twenty five thirty points. Absolutely, I full heartedly agree because the Buffalo Bills, in my opinion, could take the Kansas City Chiefs out. Mm-hmm. Like, they could legitimately – that's how good this team is looking. I know we've gotten some YouTube comments about, oh, don't you get, did you guys miss the first game or whatever they play in the season? I don't care. That's the regular season. This, don't, this matters now. I think with the way they've played, with how far Josh Allen has come, with how that offense is looking, that defense has been coming along much better, they could take out the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it could be something to watch because – I think that the Buffalo Bills are, um, I wouldn't say a necessarily under, underrated team, but I would say that they're a team that uh, people should uh, watch out for immediately. Like uh, they are, Everybody's on notice. The Bills are in the playoffs. They won the AFC for the first time since what, like 1992, 1995? Whatever it was, the Bills are a team that it's about time they get their due. Um, they've been waiting patiently for a while now. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited. They beat the, they beat, they're one of the teams that beat the undefeated Steelers back. Uh, on December 13th, 26 to 15, they handled the Steelers. They handled them. And then the Dolphins team, I think we both said it, um, not even to mention the Patriots game, um, 38 to 9, that they just took care of the Patriots too. Not even mentioning that, uh, that uh, the, the game against the, the Dolphins. 
on which they completely dominated. This is against a good team in the Colts. I'm not taking anything away from the Colts. But in my opinion, it should be the Kansas City Chiefs and Buffalo Bills in the, in, in the AFC title game. Uh, it should be a, a heavyweight bout between two good quarterbacks going at it. Um, I mean, if we're being honest, I don't think anybody necessarily uh, full-heartedly easily takes the Bills in that game. But I think people, I, I think the Bills could beat the Chiefs. I think that's how good they are. The Colts. Uh, really had a turnaround. I was really excited to see you know, Philip Rivers uh, have a respectable season. Their, their defense came around, even though somehow Xavier Rhodes found out how to play defense. Good for him. I'm I'm actually very uh, excited uh, to see his him revive his career because in Minnesota just wasn't it. But he's he's get he's playing well with a good team. And then you got to consider stuff uh, like like the 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 Colts of finding uh, offensive weapons and finding their way. Uh, you know, like Taylor in the backfield, they just found their way. But I, I truly expect this to be a good game between two good defenses and two good quarterbacks, but one that I end up seeing the Bills taking overall. Uh, but just kind of lay out some stats here because I know we don't talk about the Colts enough. Um, Phillip Rivers, clearly the starting quarterback, completing about 68% of his passes for 24 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Jonathan Taylor, like I mentioned before, over 230 carries. Uh, I butted my microphone there. Over 230 carries for over 1,100 yards and uh, 11 touchdowns. Uh, had a great rookie season. I expect nothing from, but big things from him moving forward. Uh, the Colts are a good team, but I don't think they're good enough to take on the Bills. Thoughts? I 100% agree with you. I, I think the Colts are a really good team. I think they're getting put in a pretty unfortunate matchup for them in the first round. Um, any other one of those teams that are playing on wildcard weekend, I could see the Colts beating. Um, but the Bills, I, I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, then the next game that is happening at 440 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fox, the Rams at the Seahawks. This one's interesting. Like, if you think about it, the NFC West has been a great division for a long time. Like, if you think about it, I'm just going to go down here. Seahawks are 12-4 and right now, clearly a playoff team, as are the Rams also clearly, 10-6. and Cardinals were on the fringe of becoming a playoff team. They really, they just, uh, they kind of lost at the end of the season there. They could be a very promising team moving forward. The 49ers were in the NFC Championship game as early as last season. Like this, this division is tough. The, these teams are tough. They got a, a, a slew of good quarterbacks, and uh, I, I fully expect this to be a. This is going to be a slugfest. I think um, you've got one of you've got the best, in my opinion, Rams defense um, coming into Seattle, the twelfth man, uh, which their defense has vastly improved uh, from what it was. Even though um, I, I feel like. Adams has has come a long ways to safety, especially from the start. How the way the season started, but this is going to be a great game. Um, I, I think that there should there's going to be a lot that's answered uh, in terms of whether you know Pete, Cal- Pete Carroll that is uh, and uh, Russell Wilson are they can definitely make it happen. They've already won a Super Bowl together, lost one against the Patriots, I believe that following year. But um, this is going to be an interesting matchup. This really is because if you think about it, Russell Wilson has been in, in and out of the playoffs uh, for the last couple of years. Um, and they've, they've just been respectable uh, the entire time with a great coach, a great quarterback, a defense, and a leaky offensive line. So I'm just kind of wondering, what are you thinking uh, that's, that's going to happen for uh, the Seahawks in, in this matchup with the Rams? It's going to be a really good game for sure. Those uh, NFC West games, <clears throat> really tough division. Their games are always close, whether they're playing the uh, – you know, the Seahawks are playing the Rams, the 49ers, the Cardinals. It seems like their games are always close, and it comes down to the last half of the fourth quarter almost every single time. Um, it's it's in Seattle. Um, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are 5-6-0 or six and 0 at home during the playoffs. They haven't lost at home in the playoffs. Um, but 
no 12th man this year, no no fans. Um, so it's going to be a tough game. The Rams' offense, it's going to depend a lot on uh, Goff. I believe he – did he fracture his thumb? Um, he Something did something like to his thumb. But mm-hmm. uh, as long as his thumb's good enough to play, I expect the Rams' offense to be explosive um, like they should be. But uh, that's a tough one to pick. I couldn't even pick a winner if I wanted to. Uh, I have a little bracket hanging up here on my wall that I filled out just for betting purposes. But uh, <laughs> I, I, did, I did pick the Rams to win this game. I just think their defense is a really solid unit. Um, Jalen Ramsey is probably going to lock up DK most of that game pretty well. And by lock up, I mean he has probably under five catches-ish, around five. Mm-hmm. For maybe 50, 60 yards, that's mm-hmm. probably – that's locked up for DK. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That's going to be a good game. Whoever can get the most pressure on the quarterback in that game is probably going to prevail. Uh, I see the Rams winning it. I don't know why. I just – my gut's telling me to pick the Rams, so I picked the Rams there. But, uh, yeah, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll never lost at home. It's going to be a good one. I'm excited to watch that game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm, I'm also kind of uh, – I feel the same way in terms of – uh, I, I've got, but here's the thing. I've got a different feeling actually. Now that I now that I think about it, about Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, the, the, just to, just take into consideration this. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have been uh, together for a while. Uh, you know, I believe since 2012. And in that time frame since 2012, uh, they've won a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl again. Like I said, uh, they've been respectable, a, a great team that um, has gotten the job done, uh, and that they have definitely. Uh, They've went through some highs. They went through some lows, but this team is uh, is something special. This 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 specifically this this combo. They've missed the playoff once since 2012. One time, that's impressive. And all in all in one right of its all of its own. That's impressive. I think this team is certainly on its way to being in that conversation uh, for being a, a do- one of the more dominant teams in the NFL. Not one of the most, one of the more dominant teams because again they only won one Super Bowl. Uh, been to two of them. Won one of them. And um, I think if I'm if I'm picking this, I I, I don't think Jalen Ramsey shuts down DK Metcalf this time. I, I think you know I was a guy that thought okay that's a one time thing because DK Metcalf is a man like he is a full grown uh, come at you like you need two guys to stop him kind of a man. I think that um, I think the Rams win this one, but I think DK Metcalf uh, has at least. 80 yards receiving and maybe even a touchdown. Uh, I know Jalen Ramsey is no joke either. He's, in my opinion, he's the best corner in the NFL, or at least in the conversation. Um, but Rams and Seahawks, I feel like the Rams will win this one, but the Seahawks are going to give the Rams a fight for sure. Uh, the Buccaneers and Washington, uh, once again, we're continuing here on uh, in terms of a timeline here. They play at 8.15 Eastern Standard Time on NBC. I work for them. Um, so Buccaneers and uh, Washington here. I, I feel like there's a lot of people who feel there's no chance that the Washington football team will win this one at all. I don't know. I really don't know. Because if you think about it, I, I think Chase Young called out has been calling out Tom Brady for uh, saying he wants he wants a piece of Tom Brady. And then Bruce Arians fired back and said, you be careful of what you wish for. Chase Young is one of those guys I take him at his word. Uh, if you look like this, you look at this guy, the way he looks on the field, he looks clearly more developed and better than everybody else on the football field. Like this guy is a, a full-grown man. I, I definitely think that this Washington football team is going to shock some people. Now, whether they'll beat the Buccaneers, I don't know, but I think it's going to be a game. What are your thoughts, Tristan? Uh, will Tom Brady uh, get the Buccaneers to the next round? 
Don't think so. Um, I I picked I picked Washington to win this game. It's one of my more bold picks, but Tom Brady does not do as well as he usually does against solid defensive fronts, good pass rushes, and cold weather. Um, this game, it's in Tampa, right? Yeah, it's in it's Tampa. In, mm-hmm. Actually, no, it's in Washington. Yeah, Washington's number four. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a hard game. I think the reason I picked Washington is just not based off of superstition. It's just based off of stylistic purposes. Same reason I picked Washington to beat Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh was 11-0. I think that pass rush is going to get to Tom Brady. It's going to fluster him. He's going to throw two or more interceptions, at least one. I think two is pretty likely for a game like that. <sighs> no Mike Evans. Um, doesn't really matter. Antonio Brown's an elite talent. Godwin's an elite talent. They're still good at wide receiver, but it's just it's going to come down to that pass rush and how well Washington can manage time of possession. Um, for Alex Smith to get this far already is incredible. Um, he's already the comeback player of the year. But if he could get just one playoff win over Tom Brady's Buccaneers, that'd be like winning the Super Bowl for him. Um, and I want to see it happen. I'm pulling for Alex Smith really hard. Um, I have a very good, big dislike towards Tom Brady uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Respect him as a player, but uh, I don't know. Just the style, the defensive front, I, I would definitely be careful calling out Tom Brady and saying you want Tom Brady because they're going to develop a game plan to get the ball out quick and fast um, and not let him hold on to it a lot. But he's not always going to be able to get it out quick and fast. So as long as they can capitalize on those opportunities and get them on the ground and rough them up a little bit, I feel like Washington defense will get plenty of pressure, especially with Montez Sweat on the other side. Um, it's going to be a tough game for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. It's not going to be a cakewalk like a lot of people think it is. Um, it's probably going to be a low scoring, probably around 20 point each game. Um, but I picked the uh, Washington football team coming out of this one by a slim margin. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, Tristan. I have been raving, raving about the Washington football team defense for what seems like forever now. Especially, it's been for about at least a month, and it's driving me nuts. I can't take it anymore because I, I've had people say, you know, yeah, yeah well, uh, I, I just know that people don't necessarily think that, that the Washington football team is a playoff team. They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. And I believe last year we even discussed that – and we said Ron, that the Ron Rivera was going to make the Panthers pay. Did we not discuss that? We did. We did. The man is in the playoffs. The Panthers are at home. Literally. That's what's happening right now. The Panthers are watching the playoffs from home. And Ron Rivera right now is getting to gear up against a good Buccaneers team. Can you? Are you kidding me right now? Ron Rivera not only made them pay, he is probably, in my opinion, uh, I think he's uh, in the conversation for the coach of the year. I mean, you think about uh, – Taking a team like the Washington football team from last year uh, and battling through cancer himself, having to deal with the Dwayne Haskins situation, now having them playing at this level, this defense playing that well, uh, having, in my opinion, one of the best young edge rushing duos in Montez Sweat and Chase Young, having a solid defensive line and guys like Deron Payne. Uh, I mean, it just it never ends for this, this team. This, the Washington football team is definitely a, not only a team to watch out for, but I think they could definitely take uh, take the. Uh, uh, Take the Buccaneers down. But do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. 
as much as I have raved about them and love the Washington football team, I think Tom Brady, the one thing I've learned, uh, and I think a lot of people have learned through their through everybody else's not my everybody else's dislike for Tom Brady, you never doubt this man in the playoffs. You never you never count him out. And I mean I, I think we can say twenty eight to three, we can we can point to many other games, but you just never count the man out. But no, we have to I have to kind of go over some key things here. If the Washington football team is going to take down the Buccaneers, they're going to have to have a guy like Antonio Gibson step up. They're going to have to have a guy like he has 11 rushing touchdowns this year. And he is, in my opinion, I think he's been one of the more promising rookie running backs uh, or one of the better running backs altogether in the entire NFL. They have to have Alex Smith playing at a – at a, in my opinion, he has to play at a Pro Bowl level. I need at least two to three touchdowns from him. Um, no mistakes. Getting the ball out quickly because that the Buccaneers' defense is also respectable now. I mean, they they have they have a good defensive line. They have, they were the number one running defense at the at the time at one time before you know David Cook kind of came in and kind of ruined that. But point is, this is still a very good uh, Buccaneer team, and it's a very good Washington football team. I don't think quite that the the Washington football team gets it done. But I do think that they give them a run for their money, and it, and it gets them building forward till that next year. Uh, I mean, you got guys like Terry McLaren coming back, who, in my opinion, is uh, still. I'm going to keep saying it until somebody listens to me. One of the most underrated players in the entire uh, wide receivers and players in the entire NFL. I know you say Cooper Cup. Get out of here. Who does Terry McLaren have? I'm going to say it until I die. I don't care. Terry McLaren is definitely underrated. Alex Smith uh, is the comeback player of the year, and uh, this is a team that has a lot to build towards. Uh, has a lot of exciting things happening right now. A couple of great running backs, a defensive line that's coming, uh, a de- a, an entire defense is, that's just playing like there's no tomorrow. This is going to be fun for the Washington football team in the future, but I don't think they get it done against the Buccaneers, unfortunately. Uh, anything else you'd like to add before we head into Sunday's games? No, it's going to be a fun game, a close game, I think. Battle of the turnovers. Um <laughs> Whoever turns the ball over less probably wins that game. I think you're right. Alex Smith can't make any mistakes. Um, can't give the ball to Tom Brady in that offense. Got to keep it. Um, really excited to see what uh, Gibson can do. Um, he's been really promising. Washington, I apologize if I used their former name uh, the first time I talked about him. If I did, I didn't catch myself. But uh, I don't think so. Washington, uh, they're, they're on the come up, if not this year, next year. Um, if they stick with Alex Smith at quarterback and he stays healthy and they continue to build around what they've got right now, this team's going to be good. I think they're a 10-plus win team next year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I almost think they should draft a, like a, a project-type quarterback and then just let him learn behind Alex Smith for you know three to four seasons if he can stay healthy. Because, I mean, you know he's not the future. I mean, Alex Smith, is as much as we've loved him, um, he is getting older uh, and he's still got a lot left to offer. Um, but at 36 years old, he's clearly not the answer for the Washington football team. He is uh, not the long-term answer, that is. I, I'm ecstatic with how he's played this year. But I, I think the, the Washington football team would be foolish uh, to not at least consider what they could do in terms of adding, adding a quality quarterback for the future. Um, but I'm sorry, continue. No, I agree with you. Adding a quarterback would be a great idea for Washington, whether it's – I don't really see them using a first or second round pick on a quarterback. Me either. Um, but I think they should definitely draft one, though, in the middle rounds, maybe the, the third, fourth round if there's still some good ones there. would definitely be a good good choice for them because, yeah, Alex Smith's not the future. He's just – he's kind of like – I don't really know. The filler for now, the manager – uh, I don't really think stopgap, stopgap. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I hope that he goes out and wins the game. Mm-hmm. And we'll have more in-depth uh, draft coverage as we as we kind of get moving along here. I will actually provide more uh, draft coverage about the Vikings this coming weekend. Uh, just kind of going over, you know, since Liz has been planning out the wedding, she's been a truly a trooper, um, and I have been doing nothing. She is she's uh, clearly. Uh, I'm a I'm a lucky man to be able to, to marry her, but I, I think while she's doing that, I'm watching all this this draft footage and uh, you know these draft prospect footage and just being able to watch these players, you know, in, in terms of what they're doing, in terms of what they're going to be able to become. I'm watching, you know, their technique. I'm watching uh, their effort. I'm watching a lot of different things. So um, I, I've been uh, really tuning into this draft. Uh, make sure you guys tune in this weekend for me so with uh, when I have some of our um, our other takes as far as who the Vikings sh- uh, should definitely take and what their uh, what their needs are in, in a lot more draft coverage. So uh, let's head into Sunday, January. 10th um the ravens at the titans uh this is uh, set to kick off at 105 p.m eastern standard time uh, you guys can watch an espn or abc uh and you can live stream it off the espn app there um ravens and titans i actually got this i got asked this today while at work and it was kind of i was in the middle of editing a package those of you who are on tv and know what i'm talking about you know i didn't have time to discuss this but i i felt that the between the ravens and titans this is probably, in my opinion, out of the NFC, uh, or excuse me, the AFC. I think this is the team, uh, this is the game that people need to watch everything. Okay, big guy? Yeah, no, I was just looking closer at my screen because I couldn't see the numbers. But okay. uh, <laughs> <good>. <laughs> just making sure. Okay, sorry. Um, so, uh, but as far as the AFC, the Ravens and Titans, uh, once again, one o'clock ish kickoff. This is going to be a fun game because, in my opinion, you really don't know what you're going to get out of this. these two teams. You really don't know because the Titans have been a team that they will schwack some teams and then just lose to a four-win team. Like, it's incredible. Like, it's almost, or nearly lose to a four-win team. And then you got to get teams like the Ravens who uh, Lamar Jackson's still amazing, but he's not like the, the he was last year where he, was, he seemed like he was above everybody else by at least another level. So, um, personally, I think this is going to be one of the weirdest games uh, – because we have two teams showing up, we don't know what we're going to get. What do you think about this team, uh, either team, excuse me, as the Ravens uh, head to Tennessee to take on the Titans? I kind of feel the same way. I feel like this is one where you don't really know how it's going to go. You don't know how either team's going to play because they're both pretty sputtery on offense. Um, Baltimore didn't forget what Tennessee did to them last year in the playoffs. They're not the same team as last year in the playoffs. A lot of people thinking Tennessee's just going to walk right by Baltimore. Um, I personally picked Baltimore to win this game. Um, over the Titans. Okay. Over the, over the Titans, yes. I picked Baltimore to win this game. I don't know why. It's in Tennessee. Tennessee has a little advantage there, but I just – Baltimore's out for blood. They're, they didn't forget what happened last year. It's, it's going to be a revenge type of game, and I think – it's going to come down to the quarterbacks, which coach, which quarterback plays better. Um, Lamar Jackson, they just put out a stat the other day. I think he has 48 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the red zone uh, as a starter, which is pretty incredible. I didn't, I didn't have any idea. Um, I mean, they can find a stat anywhere for anything, yeah. but I thought that was yeah. pretty impressive. But the last – granted, their teams, Baltimore has played the last few games, haven't been very quality opponents or defenses, but – they're making it look very easy coming into the playoffs. They're kind of rolling on offense right now. Uh, Tennessee's defense is not very good. They have the pieces to be good. They have solid players, 
But as far as the system of defense they play, I don't think it's good. Um, I thought coming into Green Bay a couple weeks ago that that defense had the potential to give Aaron Rodgers and the Packers problems. It ended up looking like one of the it was one of the worst defenses I'd seen all year. Um, just throw it away from Malcolm Butler, unless you have a guy like. I don't know. What do they have? Des Bryant, Marquise Brown. I don't know. It's going to be a tough game. I expect Des Bryant to play a big role in this game since he's not going to be matched up on uh, Malcolm Butler. But, yeah, that's going to be a close one, I think, again. It probably comes down to, like, a field goal. I see it being a pretty dramatic game, maybe, in the end. I see it being either a close game or I see it being Baltimore blowing right by Tennessee with ease. Here's my thing. Uh, again, I told you this game was going to be weird. But I'm picking the Titans here uh, because I feel like the Ravens uh, are a team. Again, they I just don't think they throw the football as well as they did last year. Like Lamar Jackson, he just doesn't do it as well. Like if you if you compare this to last year, this year is to last. This year, uh, last year he completed 66 percent of his passes. This year he's completing 64 percent. Last year uh, he had 30 over 3100 passing yards. This year is 2700 passing yards. Last year, 36 passing touchdowns. This year, 26. The only thing I'll say about Lamar Jackson uh, is not only the fact do I think he's going to be an absolute freak and continue just to dominate the NFL, but uh, he's had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. As a quarterback, that's very difficult to do. And by the way, both of those came with under 200 rushing attempts. I think that's there's something to be said right there. Um, averaging over six yards a carry both of the last two seasons and over seven rushing touchdowns this year, uh, you know, 1,005 yards, uh, 6.3 yards per carry and seven touchdowns. Um, he's been incredible in, in, in certain aspects, but then you look at um, what they've done in terms of the passing game, and he just, I don't know, just doesn't seem to have it this year, even though J.K. Dobbins is a special player. I think he's going to be a really good running back uh, uh, for a really long time. Marquise Brown, uh, 58 catches, 769 yards and eight touchdowns this year mark andrews um contributing seven more touchdowns and over 700 receiving yards they just don't seem like they can throw the football like they could last year and yeah, the times in- definitely sorry go ahead yeah, go ahead it's going to be tough for them to throw the ball last year when they played the titans in the playoffs they didn't have mark andrew mark andrews mark ingram left the game with an injury um so they were down a lot of key players last year this year everybody's healthy in there um but we can't forget about derrick henry Mm-hmm. Um, he's a monster in the playoffs one of the better playoff running backs we've seen in recent memory uh, what he did last year was pretty incredible I think he was at some type of NFL record for postseason rushing yards mm-hmm. um, he's got to get over 150 I think for Tennessee to win this game I think he's got to go over 150 and he's probably got to score more than once yeah. um, but then again you can't rely too much on him you got to get AJ Brown involved. You got to get Corey Davis involved. Tennessee's got a couple solid tight ends they need to get involved. Tannehill can't throw interceptions. It's going to be another one of those turnover dependent type games, I think. Whoever wins the turnover battle probably mm-hmm. ends up winning this game. Absolutely. And you, you alluded to it. My thing was is this I, I believe more in the Ravens' defense right now. But I believe a lot more in the Titans' offense. Um, and I know an offense yeah. wins games, defense wins championships. Um, but I just I have a feeling that the Titans are going to be able to just kind of get up on the Ravens. Um, and if they do, if they control the football and run the ball with Derrick Henry and they get up on the Ravens and the Ravens have to throw the football, I just don't think 
that Lamar Jackson, especially with his playoff history, I don't think that he can uh, guide them back to a win. I think if they get if the Titans get ahead and they can play some good enough defense, I think Derrick Henry can take over the game. Uh, and and uh, for lack of a better term, son some people uh, that he continues to do with his mean stiff arm. So, I mean, you alluded to this. Uh, Jack Henry's the ninth running back ever in NFL history, ever, 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 to run for over 2,000 yards. He has 17 touchdowns this year. I have to admit it. He's the best running back in the NFL. I can't even debate it anymore. Um, I, I used to be like, well, maybe Darren Cook. No, no. Jerry Henry is clearly the best running back. That's not even close. Um, well, it's close. It, it, it's a topic for another time. Anyway. He is right now. He's the best running back in the NFL. Um, and, and also, people forget about this. The Titans uh, quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, has thrown for over four, nearly 4,000 yards, completing 65% of his passes for 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He's, a, he's revived his career as a Titan. I believe he's truly revived his career and be, become that guy uh, for the Titans that is absolutely incredible. A.J. Brown, 70 catches, 1,075 yards and 11 touchdowns. He's he's a top wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, that's all you really need to say. Corey Davis is another guy who was only 16 yards away from a thousand yards. Had over had five touchdowns uh, this last year. Then um, they got guys like Jonu Smith as well, who had good seasons. He had eight touchdowns this last year. From top to bottom, this team is dangerous, uh, and I think people need to really, really uh, recognize how how dangerous they are if they're consistent. So, but that's going to be the big question for me. Again, I trust uh, t- the Titans' offense way more than I trust. Uh, the Ravens defense at this point, even the Ravens defense has been respectable. I still, I trust the Titans offense. All right. So now we're going to head into uh, the bears and saints. I think, uh, by the way, this game is supposed to kick off at 4:40 PM Eastern standard time. You can view it on CBS Nickelodeon. Didn't even know they did sports. Uh, Amazon prime as well. I'm a prime member, so I might have to catch this game. The bears and the saints. I still feel like, the Bears stole a playoff spot from the Vikings. Like, think about it. The Vikings were six and six at one point, and then the Bears can't. And then they lost to the Bears, and then they, they just lost three of their last four, three of their last four games. And it just it didn't go according to plan. They were a playoff spot. They they were one game. If they would have beat the Bears, I think I believe they would have made the playoffs. I think that just that psyche of coming back, plus not to mention what it would have done um, for them moving forward, but. I think the the Bears. I don't know if they deserve to be there, but it doesn't matter. They're there. They're in the playoffs. But can they beat the Saints? It's going to be a tough one. I mean, they may or may not be without Drew Brees. Um, we don't know yet if he's playing or not. They may or may not may not, may not Jesus. They may or may not be without <laughs> Alvin Kamara and maybe one or two other running backs, Latavius Murray included. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with the Santown offense. If Jason Hill was the starter, um, I don't know. If Breeze doesn't play or Kamara doesn't play, that's going to be a tough game for them to win. Um, and the Saints, they – I don't want to say they, they've – in recent years, they've, they've had struggles against particular NFC North teams that have good defenses, um, especially in the playoffs. <laughs> but uh, – it's going to be a tough one. It's not going to be an easy one for the Saints. The Bears looked pretty good the first half of the game against Green Bay last week. Um, as long as they're able to establish a run with Montgomery against the Saints, which I think they'll be able to do, um, they, they stand a chance. I did pick the Saints winning this game um, just because they're the Saints and it's at home. But that's assuming Drew Brees plays, uh, assuming Alvin Kamara plays. But it's definitely going to be a tough game. Um, 
a smash mouth type of game. Uh, it's going to be tough. Rumors have it. This is Drew Brees last year, regardless of what happens. Um, it'd be sad to see him go out in the first round. I, I think he's going to play, regardless of how hurt he is. Um, Alvin Kamara, apparently he's doing virtual workouts with the team the same time the team is working out or something like that. So he's kind mm-hmm. of practicing with the team, but away from the team. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, just in case he – I think he has to test negative twice the day before. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Something like that uh, to that effect. I think that's the – or that's, that sounds about right for the NFL protocol, yes. Yeah, but I, from what I understood, the protocol was from when you test positive or you're in close contact, 10 days is the minimum. Mm-hmm. So according to that rule, he has to miss Saturday's game. But maybe they're trying to find a loophole around it with him testing negative tomorrow on Friday. Um, I don't know. I hope I hope it works out. I hope he can play because uh, or Saturday or yeah, they play on Sunday, so he could test negative twice on Saturday and maybe play on Sunday. But mm-hmm. it's gonna be tough. They need those guys to win. Um, even if they win without those guys, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough getting past the next round without either of them. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be a tough one. I think the Saints will win. Yep. Um, this is going to be a very interesting uh, game, in my opinion. Like you said, if for if Alvin Kamara doesn't play, I don't think the Saints got a shot. Because it's one thing if Drew Brees doesn't play. I think Drew Brees has he's clearly had his arm uh, has de- clearly declined uh, for a while now. Um, even though I think he's still. Uh, he's still got a little bit of zip on it. He's not the same quarterback he was uh, a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I, I think if Alvin Kamara, the guy where the, who he is literally the guy that feels that offense in my mind, and I don't think anybody can debate that. I mean, you, you talk about a guy that leads the team in uh, not only rushing yards, but leads the team in total touchdowns, leads the team in receptions. I mean, of course, he's going to lead the team in rushing yards. He's the, he's the starting running back. But this man literally leads his team in receptions and receiving yards during the regular. He led them. Um, and I believe he was tied for the lead. Or excuse me, Jared Cook had seven touchdown catches, but he was, um, I think he was second on the team with five touchdown catches. I mean, a, a player impact like that. If he, if he doesn't play, I don't think the Saints have a shot just because of how um, the, the Chicago Bears have looked recently. Now um, we alluded to it last week uh, for our podcast, talking about uh, it wasn't necessarily impressive what the what the Bears done, even if though it was kind of a, a double edged sword, but. Could be something interesting. Um, I definitely think that it could be a game that comes down to how both quarterbacks play in pressure situations. Mr. Trubisky, uh, this is the time for him to show up right now. If if he does win a playoff game, he could stay in Chicago. He could legitimately have him and, and, and Nagy stay in Chicago, which I think would be um, – I think – would be uh, if you would have told me that. I, I don't think I would have normally believed that. But hey, you know what? Um, he's they're getting it done. Uh, they made the playoffs, uh, and if they can win against a good team like the Saints, uh, it it could be over. Uh, it could be uh, not over. It could be just getting started for you know Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy, which again I never thought I would say. But um, Bears and Saints. Uh, I I picked the Saints in this one. Uh, I, I think if Elvin Kamara plays, um, if he doesn't play, I do think the Bears win, but I think it's close because the Saints have a lot of talent. Uh, Latavius Murray, hopefully he can play too. Um, the, the Saints still have a lot of talent, so it'll be interesting to see, to say the least. Um, yeah, deep deep down inside, I'm I'm rooting for Chicago to win mm-hmm. because if if they win, they'll be the lowest remaining seed, and then they have to come back to Green Bay for the divisional round, which 
is what I'd like to see. It'd be a bit easier of a game than Tampa Bay, I think, or uh, Washington, mm-hmm. maybe L.A. I don't know. But if, if Chicago wins, I'd take that matchup any day over the other teams in the NFC. Um, mm-hmm. Green Bay would probably blow right by them on their way to the NFC Championship. So deep down inside, one week only, I'm rooting for the Bears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Browns Steelers. This is going to be the last game on Sunday night. This is going to be a good game. This is going to be a good old fashioned slugfest. This is Baker Mayfield's time to shine. If he is a franchise quarterback, this is his time to show it. It's going to be airing on AB on NBC. Excuse me, NBC. People know where it's at. Once again, I work for them, so you guys got to love NBC. Um, uh, kickoff is set for 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You guys can watch it on the NBC Sports app as well as Fubo TV. I have no idea what that is, but um, anywho, uh, Browns and Steelers, you want to talk about a fall from grace. At one point, the Steelers were undefeated and looking like they were going to – they could potentially walk through the regular season unscathed, perfect record. Mike Tomlin looking like the real deal, even though there was giving guys like my like us saying, "Oh, it's not necessarily impressive for the people they've built or the the, the people the teams they've beat." It's something to consider when the team finishes like they did. Um, they're still a good team, uh, but I think it would be foolish to say that the the Browns don't have a chance. Uh, let me. Th- what are your initial thoughts for this game, uh, especially moving forward uh, with? Uh, with it uh, going on for at eight, scheduled for at a kickoff at eight fifteen on Sunday night. I like it. Um, Cleveland kind of got put in a crappy situation with uh, the COVID stuff that happened. Stefanski won't be coaching Sunday night. It'll be Alex Van Pelt calling the plays. I think acting as the. I don't know if he's acting as the head coach or if he's just calling the plays. But I know Van Pelt's calling the plays, and Van Pelt is one of the guys I think could have quite possibly been hired for the head coach job, had Stefanski not. Um, that's. I think they're fine. I think their offense isn't going to take a step back with Van Pelt calling plays. Who He actually uh, was Green Bay's quarterback coach for a while, a few years ago. But I think they're fine with Van Pelt. I'm not really sure the names of the other coaching staff members that are missing the game, um, but I know they said there was two more, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't hear of any players or significant players that would be missing the game, but this is a game, like you said, Baker Mayfield has to come through and he has to play the best game of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, no turnovers. You can't afford turnovers. And it's one of the best defenses in the league, if not the best defense in the league. It's going to be tough for Baker. This is a prove-it game for him. If he goes out, there's – a really good chance he's back with the Browns next year um, because they made the playoffs and they took a step forward from last year. Since 2002, I think was the last time they made the playoffs. But this this would just be a huge, huge win and momentum pusher for the Browns, and they need this. Um, Pittsburgh, for as good as the record is, they're not a very good team. Um, mm-hmm. Their defense is outstanding, but their offense is pretty sluggish. Um at a lot of times during the season. So if Cleveland shows up and plays with a lot of energy, which I'm sure they will, I'm sure the defense will be fired up because they've never been in the playoffs before. Maybe a few of them have that have been traded from other teams, but I just feel like they're going to have an energy that hasn't been there in a while. And I feel like if everybody can feed off one another and Baker can get going, then uh, I picked Cleveland to win this game on my bracket because I think that's what's going to happen. I feel like the energy is going to be too much. 
I know it's in Pittsburgh, but there's no fans in attendance from what I last saw earlier today. Zero fans. So it's going to be a tough game. Um, I don't know. Somebody's probably going to get blown out. I don't think this is going to be a close game. Mm-hmm. Um, I have mixed feelings about this game. I really do. Mainly because Steelers finished 12-4. and Yes, they, they just didn't finish the way they wanted to. But we got to consider the fact of how well this team was playing. A win's a win in the NFL. Uh, I know. I know we were alluding to the fact that the, the the teams they had beat was not that impressive. But Tristan, a win is a win in the NFL. Like we have to acknowledge that fact. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, um, which many have said he's on his last legs, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. He's completing nearly sixty-six percent of his passes. Has thrown thirty-three touchdown passes against ten interceptions. Um, and quite honestly. I think he should uh, himself have been in at least the conversation for MVP, even though uh, last uh, he did not play uh, Week 17 against the Browns. Um, but you got to consider when you when when his team loses four to the last five games after an 11-0 start, there's some question marks. There's definitely some question marks. Uh, but for how good this team has looked, um, like we said, it all comes down to how uh, what. What will Baker Mayfield do to me? Like what? What he, to me? It's what that. That's what the question is. The Browns have a great running game. We know that, but I also feel like uh, there's a lot of things you have to take in consideration. We mentioned the coaching thing. Kevin Stefanski and two members of the coaching staff have tested positive for COVID-19, according to Jake Trotter from ES Drake Trotter, excuse me, um, from uh, an ESPN staff writer, um, and he says that they've tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19, it will not be available for the AFC Wild Card game against the Steelers on Sunday. Um, the Browns said special teams head uh, coordinator uh, Mike Prefer, former Vikings. Uh, Special teams coordinator will act as uh, will serve as the acting head coach. Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt is expected to call offensive plays, as you just said as well. Also of note, Pro Bowl guard Joel Bitonio Bitonio will, uh, has also tested positive and will not um, be available for the game as well. Um, and he must sit out at least ten days. So this is interesting. Because if an offensive line like the Browns, who has uh, clearly developed into one of the better units in the entire NFL, if they don't, if they're without one of their star guards, this is an incredibly difficult game. Let alone beating a good team like the Steelers. So they're out two members. Uh, excuse me, not just two. They're out three members of their coaching staff. They're out a Pro Bowl guard. They've got a special teams coordinator who's acting as the head coach, and they have. Uh, the offensive coordinator of clearly is uh, who has been in the situation where he's the offensive coordinator. We know that. I don't know how this is going to go. I expect the Steelers to win, but I'd be foolish to say that I'm not a little worried for the Steelers, especially losing what four of their last five games. Like we said, I think it's going to again. It's going to come down to how well the the Browns can still run the football, and I think it's going to come down to really uh, how they can take care of business on defense. The Browns, that is. Um, and, and Steelers, we've already said, their defense is incredible. I, I, they've got a great defense. Um, TJ Watt is, a, is amazing. Uh, you know, I'm the sack leader for this year. I absolutely love TJ Watt. Um, I don't know. Um, right now, at the top of my head, I'm picking the Steelers based on uh, in terms of uh, COVID tests and, and everything and uh, you know, for the Browns. And uh, if the Browns were at full strength, I think they'd have a shot. I think they would definitely have a shot. But right now, I'm picking the Steelers um, to go out and take care of business on that one. 
Anything else to add before we head into our last couple of things here, my man? Um, no, I just think the best running back duo in the NFL has to show up. They got to play really, really well and carry that offense. Um, and while we're on the subject of running backs, New Orleans Saints running back Alvin Kamara tweeted three minutes ago that he will be back Sunday to play versus the Bears. Mm-hmm. So, they maybe. Will have- uh, it- I don't know. He says he's going to be back. <laughs> I don't know. I I I love I love Alvin Kamara, but I don't know, man. Like he's not the NFL commissioner. You know what I'm saying? Like he he could say that only once. We'll have to see if he's going to be back. I, I I fully expect the Bears not to win that game, but we'll see. Again, I'll restate it here for the people way in the back. If he plays, the Saints win. If he doesn't, I don't think the Saints win. Sorry, go ahead. No, I don't really know why or how he could have the confidence that he's going to play on Sunday. Even if he tested negative today two times or three times or four times, I think it's still the rule that you have to miss 10 days, right? Something 10 like days that. away from the team. So I don't know what's going on. I hope he plays. Hopefully they can find a way around it. Maybe some of those Brown players can get back in for Sunday night uh, if Alvin can get back in there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting. But, yeah, like you said, Pittsburgh, I don't know. I pick Cleveland. I just have one of those weird gut feelings. But, uh I don't know. Steelers on paper, they're probably going to win. But mm-hmm. it's going to be another one of those fun, old-school, smash-mouth-type football games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, this is a big subject because I think, uh, personally, I think he's a, he's one of the top players for the Green Bay Packers. He's, In my opinion, I think he's one of the biggest reasons why the Packers are such a threat. Aaron Jones um, is a player that I think a lot of people respect. I know a lot of people respect, but I think a lot of people almost underrate to a fault. I think he's one of the best wide, uh, wide receiver, one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. Uh, but there's a big question as if he'll be with back in the Packers uh, in 2021. Do you think he's going to be back with the Packers? It's tough. If he if he's willing to come back for cheap, yes. But uh, my my gut and my heart tells me no. Um, going into the season, it was looking like we almost had to kind of choose if we wanted to lock him up to a big deal or David Bakhtiari to a big deal, and they obviously gave Bakhtiari the biggest contract for an offensive lineman in NFL history, like five weeks ago. Um, So that didn't do Jones any favors. A.J. Dillon didn't do Jones any favors a couple weeks ago when they played Tennessee because he kind of went off and had a nice game. Um, So I think the way the Packers would look at it is they saw what they had in A.J. Dillon. You're going to see a lot more of that in the playoffs, I think. Um, Jamal Williams, who's proven he's a very solid running back. And they have a couple other young guys. They still have Dexter Williams, who was drafted um, out of Notre Dame two years ago, who has just been on the practice squad. He hasn't been active all year, who showed he was pretty decent when he played. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, no, I don't think he stays with Green Bay. I'd love for him to stay with Green Bay. He wants to stay with Green Bay. He actually fired his agent two weeks ago because he couldn't get a deal done with Green Bay. And he hired Drew Rosenhaus, who's, I want to say it's Antonio Brown's agent too, one of the more notable agents to work with bigger, big-name players, Drew Rosenhaus. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that, that goes to show he wants to, he wants to be there and he wants to stay there. So it's going to depend. It's going to be – if he stays, it's going to be have, have to be one of those weird contracts where there's, it's really back half loaded and not a lot of money up front. Maybe a lot of bonus type of money, 
um, but not a lot of guaranteed money. I don't like pay- I don't like the whole movement of overpaying running backs, like because we've talked about it on the show before. Giving running backs a boatload of money is a bit de- it can be detrimental to your team um, when it comes to resigning other players, and then that running back will get hurt or he won't play as good. Uh, so I. I'd, I'd hate to say it, but I don't think he's going to be a Packer next year. Um, if he is, I'd love it, but uh, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. I feel like, by the way, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, uh, he's re- he represented Antonio Brown. I don't believe that he is a, his agent anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, this is going to be something that uh, I think not only will the, the Packers keep an eye on the think the Vikings will too. Uh, every team around the NFL will because he's a special player. I don't think he's going to be back. I think when you consider the fact of a cap space, and you got again, you you alluded to it the, in terms of how well the other running backs have played in the NFL. It's a what have you done for me now business. Yes, he's played well, but at the same time, could they save a boatload of money by not resigning him to a long term deal? Yes, they can. And I think if you can get a great amount of production for a fraction of the cost, I think that's what the Packers are going to do. Um, but I do not think Aaron Jones will be back. Uh, no, one season. interesting thing I saw one of the Packers staff writers write, um, Kevin King, who's also in his contract year. At first I thought, okay, it's going to be Jones or it's going to be Bakhtiari who gets a big deal. But one of them said, okay, now that Bakhtiari's locked up, Aaron Jones and Kevin King are going to fight for who gets a contract and see who plays better in the postseason and the end of the regular season. And um, I'd much rather keep Aaron Jones, I think, than Kevin King. Um, Kevin King is a good corner. But on the other side of the ball, we already have the number one corner in the NFL, according to PFF. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's a hard choice. Part of me say, says I'd, I'd rather keep King because we have other proven running backs. And it's been a while since Green Bay's had a good corner duo. But at the same time, Aaron Jones is a proven top five or six running back in the NFL. Um I think when he's healthy, at number five or six, probably, maybe four, probably not, but I don't know. He's a good talent, a good guy you want on your team, very good pass catching back, a slasher. Um, Aaron Rodgers loves him. He wants him back. So it's going to be a tough decision, but it's business. So at the end of the day, I think they're going to re-sign King and uh, let Jones go. Mm-hmm. Uh, like It'll definitely be something to watch uh, and definitely something to keep an eye on for. Last thing we're going to discuss, and then we will get out of here um, – Deshaun Watson. Now, before we get into this last subject, I've got a there, – there was a – three hours ago, CBS Sports put in an article saying, Deshaun Watson trade rumors, colon, Bears, Jets, Patriots among 12 most logical suitors if Texans deal the star quarterback. Now, uh, it starts out less than four months ago after signing a $156 million extension with the Houston Texans star quarterback Deshaun Watson is a subject of trade rumors in Houston's regime change. Amid Houston's regime change, while it's hard to envision the Texans actually dealing the three-time Pro Bowler who is still under 25 and coming off a career year, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio reported Thursday that Watson himself has quietly broached with uh, teammates with the possibility of requesting a trade. If that's happening, Florio wrote, it must be a strategic effort to ensure his views are respected by ownership. Regardless, it raises uh, stakes and crosses a bridge and potentially sets a foundation for Watson eventually to decide that he'd like to continue his career elsewhere. Wow. Wow. Is a trade likely? Um, According to the article, there's no necessarily an indication of that, but it is the NFL um, where things do change. And I think if uh, it comes to the point 
where Deshaun Watson feels like he is not uh, like as as a franchise quarterback, as a guy is, who has as much talent as him. I think if he sees this and and feels like that the the franchise is not trying to give him the best opportunity to win football games, if the franchise is not uh, making him feel comfortable, could they potentially trade him? I don't know. Um, I think it could definitely be. Um, a, it's an it's an, an imperative question to ask and answer. Uh, because especially when you consider the fact that Watson is on the book for about $56 million over the next couple years. Um, and uh, his cap hit is, you know, it's not too bad over after 2022. Um, but this suggests that, uh, especially according to uh, according to the article, excuse me, uh, by Cody Benjamin, by the way, did a fantastic job with the article. This does suggest there could be potential suitors. Now, there's a list of uh, of suitors here, uh, but tell me, do you truly believe that this could be something that comes to fruition? To fruition, excuse me. Do you think Deshaun Watson uh, could and should demand a trade? I think he could, and I 100% think he should, just because of what Houston's done to him, um, in particular Bill O'Brien. Uh, but he's gone. But from from the report that came out earlier about all this stuff going on and him behind his back, him not knowing about it. There's, there's levels to it. Yes. You're a player and you don't really have any say in any of that. But at the same time, like you mentioned earlier, if you're the, you're the literal face of the franchise, you're basically the only thing this franchise has going for them. Um, you would think that they would at least they mention it to you. Like you said earlier, Hey, we're thinking about hiring this guy as our next head coach. What do you think of it? Regardless of what he says, they'll probably still end up hiring him. But still, I still feel like that's stuff you need to run by your players, um, especially players of that caliber. Um, if I'm Deshaun Watson, there's there's other situations around the league you could go and be competitive right away. I think if you stay in Houston, you probably won't be competitive for at least the next year or two. I don't think they're genuine contenders with, with what they have on the team. Um, so it's one of those crappy situations where you have a really good player in an unfortunate situation similar to Carson Wentz. Uh, the only thing I can really think of right now to compare it to, both of those both of those guys should go out looking for trades this offseason. But, yeah, I definitely think you should. Um, definitely a lot of good teams. Chicago would be a really interesting one. Uh, New England. I don't – I don't know. New England could work. I just kind of see it. It would it'd go better than how Cam went there, but I don't necessarily see that fit being a Super Bowl fit. Um, I think if he went to Chicago, that'd be a really good fit. They did pass up on him uh, in the draft, so maybe they can potentially redeem themselves to him somehow and bring him in. Um, that'd be kind of cool. But uh, And get Drabisky out of that. That'd be kind of funny, actually. Um, the more I think about that situation, the more I want to see it happen. Um, it wouldn't be very good for us, Packers and Vikings fans, because the Bears just got tenfold times better in my opinion um but yeah i think he should definitely uh do what he can do to try to get out of there or at least at the very least demand a trade just, just to kind of use it as a ploy against the front office to say oh crap we might lose this guy we should probably help him um <laughs> so that's that's what i think will probably happen he'll probably stay if i had to bet money he'll stay in houston but uh, I think he should definitely uh, pursue a trade. Here's the thing. I think Deshaun Watson should have asked for a trade last year when they traded away New Hopkins. 
Yeah. You trade away your best wide receiver and don't necessarily go get a, a, a game-changing wide receiver or, or even a number one wide receiver in the draft? What? I, I, listen, Deshaun Watson is a top quarterback in the NFL, and he needs to start being treated like it, especially by a franchise that values who this man is. Now, I think we talked before the show. Clearly, as a quarterback, you're not going to be necessarily in on every decision. But it, I think Deshaun Watson needs to feel like he's in on at least some of the more important ones, especially who's going to be his coach who's going to be his number one guy he's going to be throwing to. Um, and I think it's really important to distinguish the fact he is the team's quarterback, yes, but at the same time, he's also the team. He's one of the biggest team's leaders, in my opinion. I mean, you got a guy – You, I mean, throughout the entire – again, throughout the entire – the draft, they didn't pick up a number one wide receiver, um, even though I love Ross Blaylock. I'm not even – I'm not taking throwing shade at him. But point is this. He should have asked for a trade last year. He should have legitimately asked for a trade last year. And the fact that he played as well as he did uh, with while losing some of his better wide receivers, Will Fuller was out for the season. I mean, just – I mean, and you got – in return, by the way, you got a second-round draft pick and David Johnson, who – I got a lot of respect for David Johnson, but he's now New Hopkins. And if you, on the flip side of that, if you look at the Vikings and what they were able to do and what they were able to trade for, I mean – Stefan Diggs for another first-round draft pick uh, and a slew of other picks. I'm not even going to get into all of them because that's how many of the picks there were. It's it's tough for me, if you ask me, because Deshaun Watson is, a, is an incredible player. I, I have an immense amount of respect for this man. Has had an, a leaky – and that's another thing. He has had a leaky offensive line since pretty much the day he got there, since pretty much the day. Maybe it was okay at certain points, but – for the most part, it's been a leaky offensive line. This man should should have dra- uh, should have demanded a trade last year, especially after they got rid of New Hopkins. Because how do you expect this man to be able to to take you to the next step uh, without his best play? Like, and and you not find a way to right the situation. He should have yeah. asked for a trade last year. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna say not only uh, Deshaun Watson, but JJ Watt. JJ Watt needs to get the hell out of Houston. Um, he's a player who's Houston's absolutely wasting. I mean, I hate to say they're wasting talents like that, but if you have guys like that on your team, um, I feel like it's pretty disrespectful not to, you know, try to be to be contenders, put some money and some effort into building a really good team. Um, JJ, I, I, I don't think he's going to be there next year. I think he's going to be in Pittsburgh or Green Bay. Um, those are my two. Green I, I Bay. Think Green most, Bay. What? See, Why? if they, they could get rid of Kevin King and Aaron Jones, they could probably bring in J.J. Watt. But um, Pittsburgh would be cool to see him play with T.J. But uh, that would be that cool. would be that'd be disgusting. Um, yeah. <laughs> that'd be scary. But uh, he needs to get out of there. It probably won't be either of those teams that he goes to. But he's one. Of, he's he's the other one I think needs to leave and uh, go play somewhere that'll actually respect him and his talent. Um, because he's just basically getting wasted there, for a lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they definitely need to get out and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. J.J. Watt is a guy, I will say, I don't know if he should do it, man, to trade, but I don't think he'll be there next year, and for, for reasons because he wants to go play for a contender. Um, and I think he uh, I think he needs to stay healthy. Like, he really needs to be uh, as healthy as he can, especially moving forward, because you got a a guy has you know just he's missed a ton of games, uh, and yeah. I hope he can stay healthy because he is a game changing player when he's healthy. I don't think he's necessarily the same player, 
but he is uh, he's definitely a good player to say the least. Had 16 sacks in 2018, uh, just that's you know a couple of seasons ago. But I I think you know this year uh, 52 total tackles, five sacks, had a pick six as well. Um, clearly, in my mind, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer, um, and I think uh, you know he. Uh, Staying healthy for a full season was his number one thing he wanted to do. Only had five sacks this year, but I still think he's a game-changing player. I think he, you will also see him um, somewhere else. Uh, definitely a great question to ask. But, um, yes, uh, I think um, they, they could, the Texans could be without two star players uh, as soon as next year. So, um, All right, uh, I think one that's all thing. we had to discuss. Go ahead, my man. Off the top of my head, I can't think of what comes first, the draft or the trade deadline. Um I want to say Bleak. the draft comes before the trade deadline. I I can't remember. I'm gonna look it up real I quick. I believe it's the draft, uh, but um, so in, if if the draft is before the trade deadline, if I'm the Houston Texans, I am drafting and I am trading into the top five to draft Deshaun Watson a weapon, um, a wide receiver, um, the best offensive, best O lineman in the draft. Something a big splash move like that. If they don't do that, you demand a trade after the draft. I think that's the way it should go. If if you sit through the draft and you watch them not do anything to help you, um, then if the trade deadline is after the draft, I think he should definitely demand a trade. But if you're the Houston Texans, they they have new management, they want to keep him. I think that's what they have to do. I think they need to make some moves in the draft that shows Deshaun that they want to keep him and that they're going to help him. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a great. That's an interesting thing to consider. The only, the only way I, if Deshaun Watson, if we're talking about offensive linemen, that I think he should definitely they they should try to trade up for. Penny Sewell would be the only guy I think they should trade into the top three for because or top five, excuse me, for because um, there's a lot of other talented tackles and and and, and uh, excuse me, a lot of other talented linemen in this draft. But Penny Sewell, he would be the guy I would. I, I watched his tape the other day. If you watch this guy, you. Tristan, we I think we've played uh, clear at the high school level, but we I, play, I was lucky enough to play at the college level. There's a there's a certain thing that you see about offensive linemen that you know they toss guys. You see a guy that just pushes a guy, and he just you know he gets it out there a couple feet, another big deal. Penny Sewell tosses people. This dude is the bouncer of an offensive lineman. Really, he's just he's a freak. Six six three twenty five runs like a uh, runs like a Mustang. This dude is he's fast. He's big, athletic. He is. Uh, he could be, if, when it's all said and done, if he lives up to his potential, he could be hands down one of the best offensive tackles to ever play the game. Uh, Joe Thomas doesn't uh, all of them. doesn't matter. Penny Sewell could be a great player. If the Texans are serious, they, they could trade up for a guy like Penny Sewell or even uh, you know even guys like uh, Jamar Chase. Um, you know, There's a lot of different other wide receivers I love. Um, but I, I think that it would be definitely very interesting. Interesting take. Um, I think that's all I had to discuss. Anything else you want to uh, talk about before we get out of here? No, I think we covered everything. I'm just um, Thursday, right? Yep, it's Thursday. Yeah, two more days. I'm excited. (laughs) Packers don't play this weekend, but I've I've never been more excited to watch the football. Yeah, it's going to be. You know what? uh, I'm going to be really excited for this uh, this weekend, just to kind of watch and just see, um, you know, where teams fall and where you know what 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 questions are answered and not answered for teams uh, moving forward. So um, appreciate you, uh, you know, for. Let's get this episode done. I uh, appreciate you guys uh, for listening as well. Um, and for those of you that once again watch this uh, via video, make sure you guys like and subscribe down below. Leave a like and a comment. Helps people find the show. 
Uh, also, like us on all social media platforms. You guys get all of our latest updates, all of our latest episodes there as well. Subscribe on iTunes. You guys love. Uh, you guys will love all of our latest episodes you get from there as well. Check out our website at thesportsbeatpodcast.com. Um, have a great night. Enjoy this some football this weekend. Take it easy.